I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Leah, and my friend, Rivka, and this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Leah? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Have you been working on any, on any invitations to act? Um, I went back to the clearing debris invitation. You've done that a lot. I uh, Well, it's because I keep trying and doing really well and then like falling back into sure. old habits and then welcome to humanity yeah exactly <laughs> so i'm i'm back in the grind and trying to get rid of those habits okay great um uh, rivka how are you today i'm great any invitation you've been working on uh you know it's so funny i was just gonna say the clearing the debris too but if anyone <laughs> listened to last week's you know i'm i've been going through like kind of a personal upheaval and going through some stuff so i guess that falls under the the clearing away debris, you know, efforts yeah. of strengthening my faith and, and that taking action. Like, like we talked about last time with president Nelson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Working to increase faith in specific Great. ways that I am finding weaknesses. <laughs> well, I was going to say the same thing about increasing faith. So now maybe I should say clear debris. I don't know. I feel <laughs> like we've gone in a circle. Um, so I'm going to say increasing faith that, I'm really going to work on that and tying that in um, to Elder Iring's talk, bless his name. Um, not just praying for myself or that I'll have better faith or whatever, but just praying for miracles, miracles in my life and specifically in my calling as um, at the ward and then also as a parent. Um, so those are the things I'm focusing on, increasing faith and praying for miracles in that area. Um, I feel like we should also mention, and we forgot to mention it last time, and by the time anyone hears this, it'll be old, old news and, and hopefully won't have changed again. But I think we were all super excited to hear that they announced that the Saturday evening session of conference is coming back. They're back. And like just, for long. <laughs> and just like a regular general session, it sounds like. Yeah. So we just get just, five regular. It's like getting a whole bonus se- session. Yeah. So it's not women's or or priesthood session. It's just another session. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I I still love the priesthood sessions where they just like talk to the priesthood brethren. And um, of course, you know, I I think there's a lot of reasons to change that now. And I think as President Nelson has emphasized the priesthood power of all of us, uh, you know, men and women. Um, But it, it does feel good to sit there with your brethren and and then have the Sundays afterward, as is a tradition. Rivka, I liked what you said about ongoing revelation. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, just when I, yeah, when I read that announcement, I thought this is such a beautiful example. Uh, Sometimes we have this idea that revelation works differently, I think, for the prophet and apostles and leaders of the church. Like the Lord just comes to them and says, this is how to do it. And they enact it. 
but they made it clear, you know, in the, in the article that I read from the church newsroom, when they asked them about it, they said, we've been continuing to pray. Like they knew they needed to not do that specific one. So they canceled it. But then as they continued to pray about it, this further revelation came, like we just do a general one. It will give more people an opportunity to speak more, more talks, more, um, good stuff coming out. So I just thought this is so, what a great example. I'm glad that it happened the way that it did, because it's such a great example of how revelation comes piece by piece to all of us, you know, that the Lord like, we'll get a piece and we'll think this is it. And then there maybe comes a little change. And it does not mean that that revelation that they received to cancel the, the priesthood and women's sessions was wrong. It was just a step. And they didn't know going forth, they continued to pray about it. And then the next step came. So I loved that. Yeah, it was fantastic. And I have a little story about that. So um, there was a calling that I was um, praying about one time, and I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't feel like it was, you know, really inspired either, but, but it made sense logically, and I didn't feel that I shouldn't do it. Um, and there's a scripture talking about the bold doctrine and doctrine and covenants where if you've been, you know, if, if the Lord has tasked you with something and you act in faith, um, the Lord will sort of ratify your decisions. Um, even if maybe he didn't explicitly direct you to do that, I'm sort of butchering the scripture. I think it's doctrine and covenants one twenty eight nine. I was paraphrasing there, but anyway, so I was thinking, well, the Lord didn't tell me not to do this, so I'm going to do it. So I, I called this person in and I started issuing the calling and literally as the words came out of my mouth, I got this powerful impression like, no, stop, don't do this. And so I, I literally extended the calling and then immediately retracted it. (laughs) I, I was like, I want to call you as blah, blah, blah. And then I went, whoops. And I said, you know, I'm sorry. I just got an impression. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm retracting the calling. I'm sorry. And in the long run, it turned out to be a good thing. And, uh, I developed a relationship with that person that maybe wouldn't have happened otherwise, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, sometimes the Lord works in mysterious ways. And we're about to talk about a talk from elder Oaks and he's talked about, you know, a lot of times the Lord doesn't tell us why things happen. And when we say why they happen, we're really saying why we think they happen, not why they actually, you know, why the Lord made them happen that way. And it can be dangerous to actually assign a why sometimes. But uh, yeah, I, you know, the Lord doesn't um, fully form. um, It's line upon line, right? He didn't just drop the, the, the fully formed idea of what comfort should be in somebody's lap. You know, we go through the evolution and the constant refinement. So it was just a beautiful thing to see. So, okay, well, let's move on to our talk today. We are going to discuss defending our divinely inspired constitution by president Dallin H. Oaks, first counselor in the first presidency. Holy mackerel. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is not afraid to hit the hard subjects um, and to have someone just openly come right out and be like, Hey, I'm going to talk about the constitution, which is normally I think of as a political thing, but the way he approached it was not political at all. It was principles. Um, just such an amazing thing. And as I, as I listened to the talk uh, the first time when we watched it, 
um, I was talking to Aaliyah and I said, has there ever been anyone more qualified to give this talk than President Oaks? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been an apostle. He's been, um, you know, as this extensive law background, both teaching and um, uh, sort of applying the law as a judge and and a clerk for the Supreme Court and like just this incredible history. Like, has there ever been anyone more qualified to give this talk? I, I don't think there has. Mm-hmm. So. I'm super excited. So, Leah, I know you were pumped. Um, last year, you sort of developed a love for um, American history and maybe not politics, but but history. So, tell me a little bit about that and then what stood, stood out to you here. Um, I guess. So, I took American Heritage at BYU and everyone hates that class because it's a lot of work, but I loved it. It was one of my favorite classes I took my whole year at BYU. And I just loved how... Our, I just love the founding fathers and what they did and what they talked about and what they fought for and, and the fact that they had to kind of present ideas to each other and then shoot them down and then start over. And like we were talking about line upon line um, revelation, this constitution did not come in the form it's in right away. It, we started with less uh less good documents <laughs> the articles of confederation mm-hmm. and it didn't work super great and and they were gonna just kind of revamp it and then they decided not to and just start from scratch and there's all these different things that went on and i just love learning about all of it and so and i've been to a handful of the american history um sites i guess like independence hall and um the liberty bell and all these things and and I've I've also been to a lot of church sites, and in terms of comparison, Independence Hall, I would compare it to a lot of church history sites in terms of the spirit that you can feel when you walk in there. It's just so easy to see and easy to feel for someone who's looking, um, the connection between, um, you know, Revelation and our gospel and the Constitution. Yeah, awesome. I think um, I'm going to throw in a a disclaimer that maybe is a 2021 disclaimer, which is, and he, and and President Oaks says something similar that, you know, we recognize that the founding fathers were far from perfect. They had their problems. Some were slave owners, some were, you know, bad in other ways, uh, like cheating on their spouses, things like that. Yeah. Um, But that being said, we're, focusing on the principles that were created from that mess, you know? Um, and, and those we, as, as president Oak says are divinely inspired and, um, it doesn't mean the situation was perfect or everything was perfect or even that the constitution was perfect, but, um, we, we have definitely a love of history in our, in our house. And, um, it's been fun to watch Aaliyah go through that the past year. So is there one uh, big takeaway from this that you, that really jumped out at you, Aliyah, the talk? There wasn't one particular line or idea. I guess it was just, I was so happy to, to get a talk like this (laughs) that combined (laughs) some of my favorite things. And I remember he starts talking and I, what does he say at the very beginning? Um, he says, I have felt to speak about the inspired constitution of the United States. And I went, Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I just, I, Oh my gosh, it was so good to just listen to him talk from, as we said, a a qualified, um, perspective and about all this stuff. So I love it. 
Great. Well, Rivka, what stood out to you as you went through this talk again? Um, I, what stood out to me is that I think the underlying, he talks about five specific principles that are in the constitution, but he talks about how these principles are meant for the happiness of mankind, right? He's so good about saying there that most of the countries in the world have adopted constitutions, um, yeah, or use constitutions, which was not a prevalent governmental uh, setup before this. And um, I love this statement. He says, what was God's purpose in establishing the United States Constitution? We see in it the doctrine of moral agency. And I feel like this talk is that. This is the doctrine of agency. And we have a a lot of amazing general conference talks in years past about agency, but I love that he is teaching this principle um, through a very specific lens of government setup, which is something that worldwide we all understand. We're, you know, we all have governments that are imperfect in our own countries um, and, and we're trying to do our best. I think for the most part, you're, you know, People are trying to do their best, even with the government. Some are obviously very wicked and, and tyrannical, but um, <clears throat> I just love that. that This is the doctrine of, of agency in practice on, on a government, on a national scale. I just think that's so fascinating about this talk. Yeah. I loved the sentence he said here <clears throat> about agency. He said, the most desirable condition for the exercise of that agency is maximum freedom for men and women to act according to their individual choices. And man, that just rings like the Liberty bell in my heart, uh, maximum freedom, teach them correct principles and let them govern themselves. Um, so I just thought that was fantastic. Well, he does break it into different sections. I, I do like going through it section by section when, when people do that. Um, so Aaliyah in section one, um, is there anything that that stood out to you that you wanted to mention? Um, well, he lists his kind of credentials, I guess, which we talked about, but I'm just going to throw out the numbers. He says, um, I speak for the United States Constitution, which I have studied for more than 60 years. I speak from my experience as a law clerk to the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. I speak for my 15 years as a professor of law and my three and a half years as a justice on the Utah Supreme Court. And then I love that he adds this. He says, most important, I speak from 37 years as an apostle of Jesus Christ. So that reinforces the idea that this isn't a, um, you know, political talk. It's a, um, it's a divine divinely inspired principles talk. <laughs> right. It's a spiritual talk. And the next paragraph he says, you know, he sort of emphasizes, uh, he knows he's speaking to a global church. And in fact, the session before, you know, yeah. it was all people from every continent inhabited continent on the earth somewhere. There's a scientist in Antarctica going, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but he says, because it's a spirit, these are spiritual principles that applies to everyone the world over, you know, not necessarily just people in the U S mm -hmm. and the rest of section one, he talks about that moral agency, which we just talked about. Um, so section two, um, Rivka, did you have anything that stuck out to you there? 
Well, section two, he he talks about five inspired principles. So. Yeah, and when when he did that, I was like, wait, we got section one and section two, and now we're like two dot one, <laughs> two dot. Is this the most lawyerly thing ever? It really <laughs> oh, is. It's <laughs> so true. It's so true. Um, and I mean, we could go into specifics, but I think for me, section two, um. I appreciated that he said that our belief that the United States Constitution was divinely inspired does not mean that divine revelation dictated every word and phrase, you know, for these examples. So Mm -hmm. he gives these basic principles. And as I was reading it again and listening to it again, I was thinking um, that I'm grateful (laughs) for him pointing that out because the the incredible world changing goodness that came from the United States constitution came from, as we just discussed, really imperfect, not always doing the right things, people. And since really imperfect, not always doing the right things, people is what we currently have to work with too. That should be really hope giving, you know, that, that there are, troubles. There are troubles in our country. There are troubles in other countries. And if we can use these principles that he's talking about, things can get better. We can make right decisions about about things that we do. And we can do it as people who are not always doing the right thing. Yeah, definitely. The Lord has imperfect people to work with, right? Yeah. <clears throat> And, and I'm sure that frustrates him as Elder Holland said. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I think this was a big, like sort of the meaty part of the talk. So I wanted to stick in section two for a little bit. And, um, I loved when he said without a, so he goes on about the bill of rights and the importance of it. And he says, without a bill of rights, America could not have served as the host nation for the restoration of the gospel, which I think is a commonly held feeling among members of the church. It was interesting to hear it just sort of explicitly stated in, mm-hmm. in conference. And, you know, there are other places it says that in the book of Mormon and it's been in other conference talks, but to hear it in a, in a political environment that we currently have um, to hear him say that was pretty interesting. So first of all, it made me think of like the Olympics where they have host nations. And I think of all these countries like bidding for the you know, the uh, restoration, like, Hey, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll add these freedoms if you'll give me the restoration. <laughs> um, but that's obviously not how it happened. But um, just to know that um, one of the, the purposes of that bill of rights was to help create an environment where Joseph Smith could, and yet he still barely was able to, you know, barely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was constantly attacked and he was even out in these like frontier areas of the country where, um, there was less sort of oversight and, and government, um, you know, reach, and he still was like barely able to, to make this happen. Um, so it was, it was interesting to hear that. So Leah, any other principles from this section two that really stood out to you as you listen to this? Um, the first principle he lists, um, as being divinely inspired is the source of government power is the people. That is insane to hear said so matter-of-factly by an apostle because this has been, um, you know, a contentious 
ideology for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Who has the right to rule? Does it come from God to king? Does it come from, you know, who owns the most stuff? Does it come from the military? Does it come from the people? And here he he flat out says that it comes from the people. Power, government power it comes from the people. And so I thought that was really interesting that he, it's not like he's saying, like leaving it up for debate or anything or, or you know, suggesting that we keep talking about it or, you know, continue to maybe think of where government power comes from. Like, no, <laughs> he, he just straight up says it. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And it makes me think of all the other ways the Lord has governed his people in the past. I mean, there have been, you know, theocracies yeah. in the in the uh, Old Testament and there's, you know, kings and judges and a variety of ways in the in the Book of Mormon. And ultimately, all those different ways, um, you know, here the fundamental principle is hopefully the power to rule comes from the people. Um, so that was that was pretty awesome. And I don't want to leave this section quite yet. There's another thing that I loved in here related to that, you know, the power to rule coming from the people. He said, we are to be governed by law and not by individuals. And our loyalty is to the constitution and its principles and processes, not to any office holder. And man, I just wanted to like jump out of my seat and (laughs) cheer for that. Um, I, I think as, so my background politically is that I just don't like politics. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand the contention it breeds and I don't like arguing. And I'm pretty disappointed with most politicians from both sides of the aisle. Like I, I really just, so I just don't think about it much. I don't read about it. I don't deal with it. And I go cast my vote and then I move on with my life. And one of the reasons is I see people who become like dogmatically fixated on a human being almost as if they are their savior through their political process. You know, as you start to just like, it's near unto worship the way people treat the president. Some people, uh, some people, not, not all people. And even maybe not very many people, but some really loud people. (laughs) Um, And, and I, and I just, I loved how he really clarified the vision there. Like it's not about a person. It's about principles. It's not about, um, you know, individuals, it's about law. Um, and so really keeping the focus on that, um, I thought was really, really clarifying and awesome. Rivka, anything else out of this really sort of meaty section before we move on? Well, I think it's interesting that as you read through these principles for earthly governments, that they are all doctrinally founded. Uh, they fit our doctrine, you know, in the church. This is how the ch- this is how the Lord governs His church as well. All of these principles are in place. We're meant to be loyal to the to the gospel of Jesus Christ, not to particular favorite apostles or prophets, even though we might right. have them and the ones that connect to us. You know that that our loyalty is to the doctrine. So if we don't connect with one, it won't threaten our, our testimony or our living of the commandments that would tie up our freedom. It keeps us free. If our loyalty is to the gospel rather than to people, um, you know, so, and that power is with the people. Again, this is the law of agency in the, in the celestial theocracy that will be the people who are there are there by choice. 
wherever yep. you end up in the eternities, it is by choice. That power lies inherently with you as an individual. So I love that these principles that he's giving us to guide our governments are are right in line. Like it, it just fits. It clearly, um, you can see, or at least I can see in this, I can see that these principles were divinely given to those who drew up the constitution because they fit the doctrine. Yeah, absolutely. And it's in, as you sort of just said, it, it applies to the way the church is governed as well. So mm-hmm. I like um, applying it in that way. Section three was talking about threats to the constitution or guarantees to, um, you know, the, the freedom of the constitution. Um, and I, I wanted to read the second half of the second paragraph though. Here he says the stature of the constitution is diminished by efforts to substitute current societal trends as the reason for its founding instead of liberty and self-government. The authority of the constitution is trivialized when candidates or officials ignore its principles, the dignity and force of the constitution is reduced by those who refer to it like a loyalty test or a political slogan instead of its lofty status as a source of authorization for the limits on government authority. Man, another paragraph where I just was like clapping, you know, just thought it was so great. He just clarifies and sharpens, brings everything into focus so well. And that part about current societal trends, I think harkens back to what I just said about him saying, you know, often the Lord doesn't tell us why. Well, it's so easy to take our thoughts and to sort of superimpose them on other things and other people. And to say, well, the founding fathers meant this, you know, um, when they wrote this, you know, section of the constitution or whatever, um, instead of sort of trying to see it for what it is. And instead of focusing on the principles of liberty and self-government that it was founded upon. So I love that section. Um, so let's jump down to section four here. Um, so Aliyah, we'll, we'll move over to you. Anything from section four stand out to you? Um, I believe this is the section where he says that, um, no, there should be no, uh, I don't know what the word is. Basically, no faithful Latter-day Saint um, should be restricted from uh, following or voting for a certain party. Right. Like, we shouldn't be attacking um, someone because they're a certain party just because we say that, oh, a, a faithful Latter-day Saint wouldn't vote for this person or wouldn't believe right. this or wouldn't think that or whatever. So I thought that was really interesting to just to just shut all that down and say, no, we, there can be both in there. And he also says that we should be, uh, not necessarily, well, maybe switching sides, I guess. Um, and you know, voting when there are particular matters that are important to us and voting based on those matters instead of, you know, sticking to one party your whole life. Yeah, absolutely. That that's another reason I don't like, like politics is dogmatic party adherence where you just go with whatever the party says, no matter what that is. Um, and here he's saying like, no, go with the principles and um, focus on the ones that are most important to you at that time. And that might mean you switch from party to party, even from election to election. So, and, and to hear him almost um, reach the point of rebuking people who say, well, Every, you know, 
I've heard I've heard both sides. I've heard people say, you yeah. know, how could you be anything but conservative if you're a member of the church? Or how could anyone be a Christian and not be a Democrat? Like I've heard both sides mm-hmm. and they're sort of mutually exclusive or contradictory at least. Yeah. And here he's saying like, we shouldn't judge other people for their political beliefs. That is up to them and what they think is important and the priorities they put on different things. So yeah, that was pretty, um, again, so straightforward. He's just teaches with such clarity. Rivka, anything from the section that stood out to you? Um, his call to us, we should learn and advocate the inspired principles of the constitution. And then we should be knowledgeable citizens who are active in making our influence felt in, in civic affairs. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to become a political activist. He's just asking us to, to know the issues and, and, to, and I, you know, I, especially after this last year, I feel like what I really wanted when our last presidential election happened and there were some, there was some big civil unrest in the U S and I lived in an area that was particularly unrestful. There was a lot of, of, um, civic unrest in Portland and in Seattle. And I live just outside of Portland. Um, and so it was a big topic of conversation and it was almost always side against side and very inflammatory. And what I really wanted was to be able to sit down and discuss the ideas rather than the people promoting the ideas or, or to discuss like things that could actually be done rather than just being shouted out. Like, this is what the, uh, this is what the other side needs to do to fix. And then the problem will go away because it was just wholly ineffective. And I, I watched that play out right in our own neighborhood. And so, you know, as he's saying, he's saying, learn, learn these principles and this can go for anyone. This is not just for citizens of the United States, but learn these principles and, and then, you know, try to try to practice them and try to get that word out into your community, your neighborhood, and just treat people with respect and kindness. That'll go a long way. Absolutely. I felt a little bit of a personal rebuke when I read that, or um, what's the word you like to use, Rivka? Harrowing. The maybe. harrowing up. Yeah. The harrowing. <clears throat> I, I like the word conviction. I felt yes, convicted. Convicted. Because it means so many different things, mm-hmm. but um, because I hate politics, um, I mostly ignore it and almost like I stick my head in the sand, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to be, um, you know, I, I don't want to seek out and support wise and good persons. Like I just want to ignore it. <laughs> and so, um, it was a bit of a repentance, uh, moment where I, I thought, you know, just cause I don't like it, it doesn't mean I shouldn't think about it and be educated about it. So, well, and he says too, there are many political issues and no party platform or individual candidate can satisfy all personal preferences. And I think that can be a wrestle for some people too. Like, do I vote for someone who like, I agree with them on this, but I disagree with them on that. And so I think maybe that's the tendency that people just jump on like the bandwagon and then just sort of glorify that person because then they never have to confront the parts of that person that don't mesh with them. And that's why other Oaks, I think also is telling us that this is not like, it shouldn't be about the individual, you know, it should be about the, 
the constitution and the laws and the principles and not the individuals. Yeah. That's less threatening. Right. It is. I think we'll take that as his invitation to act. I wanted to throw in one last thing since this is the the hope podcast <laughs> and he doesn't say the word hope, but I found it very hopeful in the opening paragraph of section four when he says, we should trust in the Lord and be positive about this nation's future. What a ray of sunshine in the gloom and doom of politics. And (laughs) it's been this way forever and ever, right? Politicians (laughs) have to make it seem like if you don't vote for them, the world is going to end. You know, that's just part of the process. Um, But here he is saying, well, let's trust in the Lord. These are the finely inspired principles that the country is built on. And let's be positive about the nation's future. And it gave me hope as well that... um, that that things will continue to grow and evolve over time and and more truth will continue to come forth. So, <clears throat> well, um, I think we're going to end it there today as we are, are trying to get back to being on time um, <laughs> as we've been over time the last few podcasts. So I think the closing paragraph of his talk is something you probably won't hear very often in general conference. It's a testimony about the Constitution And he says, I testify of the divinely inspired constitution of the United States and pray that we who recognize the divine being who inspired it will always uphold and defend its great principles. Wow. What a close. So (laughs) um, I was inspired to learn more and to get more involved. And I think I should probably revisit this one to help maintain that motivation um, and to learn those principles of the constitution. So Well, Aaliyah, um, actually, I should talk about what we're going to do next time. Next time, we're going to discuss the talk, Behold, I Am a God of Miracles by Elder Ronald A. Rasband of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Um, Aaliyah, uh, can you tell people how to get a hold of us? Yes, I can. We have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and our usernames are Words of the Prophets Podcast. And if you want, you can email us at wordsoftheprophetspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, well, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.